It was the sixth day God Almighty finished creating all the living creatures that are moving along the ground. And what of God says, God saw that it was good. What of God says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living being. But you know what? After placing Adam in the Garden of Eden, God observed that there is something that is missing in Adam. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The same God who just now, just before he said, Everything is good, but now he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Now John Milton, the poet, he says, Loneliness was the first thing that God's eye named not good. Loneliness was the first thing that God's eye named not good. The loneliness not only affects the people in the world, it also interferes our Christian walk with the Lord. You know, we might have been you know, born in a Christian family. We may be living or we would have got the privilege of you know, being part of a church. We may have a good Christian fellowship. Or even we may have somebody who can be named as our uh, spiritual partner with whom we may pray and with whom we may listen or share ideas. In the midst of all... There are times we feel so dry and so left out and so all alone. At times we know we find there is no one around us who can understand the vision that we carry in our hearts. We find that no one who can realize what we are talking about. No one seems to be, you know, along the side of ours. No one seems to be found when we are in need of someone. At times we feel that we are just all alone out there in the world. At times we get a feeling that, you know, we are a kind of you know, unique and peculiar and some kind of a natural, weird and odd creature on the face of the earth. You know, people in this world, especially you know, people who are having experience with the Lord God, who are walking in their Christian walk, they try to follow, they try to make a shell around them and try to live within that shell. Even though they are part of the church, they are part of a fellowship. But then at times, people of God, they feel lonely, all alone and left out. I'm not sure whether we have experienced or you have experienced such loneliness in our Christian walk on the face of this earth. So today, I just want to turn all of your attention to our Lord Jesus Christ. I would like to title this message as Multitude to Solitude. Multitude to Solitude. Now, when Jesus started his ministry, it was an easy start for him. I don't know whether you realize that. John the Baptist came forth before Jesus Christ started his ministry. And word of God says, John the Baptist, he came to prepare the way of the Lord. 
He was the voice in the wilderness preaching the way of the Lord. And he was calling the multitude to repent and come closer to God. And when Jesus Christ started, of course, he started in solitude of being there in the wilderness for 40 days. And then when he came out as a public ministry, the ministry was started very well, pretty well. In the word of God says their multitude started following Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew, especially the way Matthew is writing there, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Shall we just read that, that scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Here we see word of God saying, as Jesus was starting his ministry, word of God says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he saw, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. He saw multitude following him and you know what when Jesus got down from the mountain if you can turn with me to chapter 8 Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 says when he came when he had come down from the mountain great multitudes followed him great multitude followed Lord Jesus Christ even at the very beginning of his ministry he had a good start when Jesus fed the multitudes with five loaves of bread and two fishes, word of God says, there were 5,000 men who were fed besides women and children. There were 5,000 men who were fed on that day. The multitude started following Jesus everywhere. Jesus' movement has suddenly outgrown. You know that word of God says, and even the history says, even the Jesus movement had become a threat to the Roman government. All of a sudden, within probably a few days or a few months since Jesus started this ministry, this group has become a threat to the Roman government. Multitudes started following Lord Jesus Christ. If you can turn with me to John chapter 6 verse 2. John chapter 6 verse 2. Word of God says, Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were deceased. Word of God tells very clearly, great people, the multitude, the great crowd started following Lord Jesus Christ because they started seeing miracles. They started seeing signs and wonders. They started seeing people are getting healed. The demon possessed are released. But you know what, this scenario continued for a while. If you remember what really went on when Jesus was ministering, you know, as Jesus was feeding the multitude, there are a great crowd fed by the Lord Jesus Christ. As he was healing the sick, there was a great crowd. They, got, they were following Lord Jesus Christ as they were seeing miracles and signs and wonders. Again in John chapter 6, we see Jesus feeding the multitude. Then after feeding the multitude, word of God says, he crossed the river Galilee and he went into Capernaum. And word of God continues to say there, and he started preaching the kingdom of God in Capernaum. And when he started preaching the kingdom of God, he said, I am the bread of life, which came from heaven. If you do not eat my flesh, and if you do not drink my blood, you have no life in you. When Jesus started preaching the word of God, when Jesus started preaching the kingdom of God, 
we find the scenario is there is changing. If you can come with me to verse 16, the great multitude which followed Lord Jesus Christ. Now they are listening to the word of God. They are listening to the preaching of Christ. In verse 60, John chapter 6, we read, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this teaching, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? They were not willing to listen to the word of God. They were willing to be fed. They were willing physically. They were willing to see the signs and wonders. But they were not willing to listen to the word of God. And if you can come with me to verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Can you imagine? People started following, a multitude, great multitude started following Lord Jesus Christ. And they were everywhere as he was ministering. But when he started preaching the word of God, people were not willing to listen to God's word. Don't we see that today, even in the churches? Don't we see that today in our community today? Even in our Christian community, don't we see that scenario today? People want to get together for a good time. People are willing to celebrate the presence of God. But people are not willing to be changed by the word of God. We see that today in Christianity. They don't want the word of God to be allowed in their lives. They don't want the word of God to hurt them. You know, word of God, as the Bible says, it is a two-edged sword. It pierces our hearts. It goes through our marrow, our bones. You know, it affects the innermost being of who we are. And you know, Christianity today doesn't want, allow the word of God to be preached. The people were the same, even at the time of Jesus. As he was preaching the word of God... Word of God says, there many walked away from Lord Jesus Christ. They followed him no more. And then Jesus, this is very interesting in verse 67, John chapter 6. Then Jesus said to the 12, that looks like, it looks to me that there were only 12 were left out there. People are gone. There is nobody else there. Only the 12 were there. And Jesus is asking the 12, do you also want to go away? If you want to go, just go away. That's what you know, Jesus is telling. I know Simon Peter came with a good answer. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, today, people who want to follow, they find something in Lord Jesus Christ, not the miraculous signs, not the blessings that can come after Lord Jesus Christ. They find eternal life in Christ's word. You know, the moment people of God who finds eternal life in the word of God, they are the one who start following Christ no matter what comes on their way because all that they see is not the blessing that belongs to this world it is a blessing of the world which is yet to come in a today it is very very essential the truth about the eternal life that need to be strongly rooted in our hearts even though multitudes were following Lord Jesus Christ most of the time only the 12 disciples were with him. But again, the crowd was thriving because they were not leaving Jesus because they need to be healed. They want to be you know, released from the demon. They want, they want to be fed because they were hungry. And the crowd was always pushing to approach Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the disciples would have had a, you know, a tough time 
in avoiding you know stampede or you know there is a there must be a great chaos going on people would have had a very tough time you know as they were trying to touch jesus if you remember the woman who was with the issue of blood she had a tough time to reach jesus because crowd were thriving along with the jesus everywhere now as jesus was entering into jerusalem during his triumphal entry let's read the scripture in matthew chapter 21 verse 8 Matthew chapter 21. Verse 8, word of God says, And a very great multitude spread their cloths on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before him and those who followed crying out saying Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Again we see multitude following Lord Jesus Christ as he was entering into Jerusalem. You know all of a sudden in his life Jesus was about to become a victim that no one wanted to approach him. He observed the same crowd who started following Lord Jesus Christ for blessing. As they were seeing Jesus raising people from the dead. As they were seeing Jesus healing the sick and delivering the demon possessed. The same mouth that was healed and opened by Lord Jesus Christ now started shouting crucify him, crucify him. Now the ministry that Jesus had on this earth, we all know that it is just for three and a half years. And you can imagine you know, the kind of scenarios that Jesus went all along. From very great multitude following him. Now the same crowd is shouting against him saying crucify him, crucify him. Jesus, as we read, as he went into the garden of Gethsemane. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 26 verse 36. Word of God says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. Jesus even withdrew from the twelve and he was just going all alone as he wanted to spend time with God. If you remember some of the instances, Jesus also had an inner circle of disciples. Sometimes even not all the 12 disciples, only three of them were with Lord Jesus Christ at times. If you remember, when Jesus was about to raise the daughter of Jairus, he allowed only three disciples, John, Peter and James, into the inner room where the girl was there. Even at the Mount Transfiguration, Jesus took only these three disciples from a very great multitude. It eventually narrows down just to three disciples. Word of God says, as Jesus was hanging at the cross, even the Father had forsaken him. Even the Father had forsaken him. We read that in Matthew chapter 27. Verse 45. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour there was great darkness over all the land. And word of God says, And about the ninth hour 
Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? You know, what an agony Jesus was going through at the cross. As Isaiah says, He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with the grief. A man who was leading great multitude for a few years, years before. Now he is left out with 12 of his disciples. And maybe at times just with only three of them. But now again we see none of the disciples were with him as he was hanging at the cross. And all, all that he had is the great communication he was having with his father in heaven. But now for some reason, even father has forsaken him. Father has forsaken him. Jesus was brought into a solitude from a great multitude. As Jesus was coming closer to fulfilling his mission on this earth, he was despised by people. As Jesus was obeying the will of God, he became lonely on this earth. As Jesus was focusing on his divine purpose, he was just left all alone. You know, as the things are narrowing down in his life, as he was about to fulfill his commission, he turned back and he saw nobody else, none of them were standing with him. That's even today, in the true child of God on the face of this earth, to go through what Jesus was going through 2,000 years before. There are times in our lives we feel all alone. We just left all alone. I'm not talking about you know, being with the crowd or being in a good family setup. We can be in the family. We can be among the good crowd. But then we still feel lonely. We may not be alone, but then we still be lonely. Yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine. He was sharing the moment he took a step to come into the ministry, he started seeing people falling, up, falling away from him. Those who were friends with him, they are no more friends. You know, the moment we take a step towards the commission that God has given on this earth, we see people falling away from us. We, people, we see people going away from us. Those who are really having good friendship with us, now they don't want to look at us. They don't want to you know, be friend with us. In fact, they even hate us. They even hate us. Jesus went through it. And today some of us are going through it. It's not strange. We are just following the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about being alone in our Christian walk with the Lord. God reduced Jesus to experience solitude in his lifetime just before he was about to fulfill his mission on this earth. And I believe God allowed that loneliness in his life for a specific purpose. The reason why God allowed Jesus to be in a place of solitude from the multitude is for a reason. Let's understand some of those reasons. I believe those reasons are applied even to our lives too as we live on this earth. Number one, as the word of God says, only 
You can drink in the cup that is kept for you. Only you can drink in the cup that is kept for you. The reason why Jesus was brought from the multitude into a solitude, the reason why Jesus was reduced to 12 and even to 3 and to none, one of the reasons was Jesus had to drink that cup that was kept for him. Let's turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Let's read a couple of verses there. Luke 22, 42. Word of God says, As Jesus was praying, he says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Let me read that again. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. God did not take that cup away from him. If God would have listened to his prayer, and if that was God's will, probably God would have taken that cup away from him. God did not take the cup away from him because the cup was prepared for Jesus to drink. And instead, we know what God did, verse 43. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him. Jesus had to drink in the cup that was prepared for him. You know, some of us may have questions in our lives. Lord, why am I going through this path in my life? Lord, why it's all happening only to me? It's all only to me. You know, I've been praying for, about, you know, praying for it for such a long time, but I don't have any, any answer. I don't see these things happening. The answer is very simple. It is your cup. Drink in it. It is your cup. Drink in it. You know, God may send angels to you, but he will not take that cup away from you. He will send angels. He may send ministers of God. He may send children of God to pray for you. They may lay, lay hands on you and pray for you. But God will not take that cup away from you. Because it is your cup that you are supposed to drink in that cup. You know, many times we have questions. I prayed for him. I prayed for her. God could have healed him or healed her. Probably without that surgery. Again, the answer is, it is his cup, it is her, her cup. He or she has to drink in it. She has to drink in it. God can say, even I can send an angel, maybe to strengthen you, but still you need to go through it. You need to drink in that cup. The one who is doing the will of God will carry that cup without complaint. The one who is doing the will of God will carry that cup without murmuring. Jesus, as he was ready to do the will of God, as that was his mission, nothing else, he was willing to carry that cup. He was willing to carry that cup. The number one reason God reduces from the multitude into a solitude is to equip us to take that cup and to drink in that cup. 
and to drink in that cup. Number two reason why God brings us into a position of solitude is because only you can carry your cross. Only you can carry your cross. As Jesus was carrying his cross and walking towards Mount Golgotha, if you remember, Simon of Cyrene was compelled to carry the cross. We read that in Matthew chapter 27, verse 32. I was just thinking about it. It was not Simon's cross. It was Jesus' cross. Simon was forced to compel to carry that cross. Can he do that? Can he carry that cross, which is of Jesus? I don't think he has an ability. He is made to carry that cross. You know, when we carry such cross in our lives, we are made to carry that cross. Probably we are not made. I'm not made to carry somebody else's cross. I don't think I'll be able to handle it. But I'm made to carry my cross. I am made to carry my cross. The cross was made for Christ Jesus to carry that as he was moving forward to fulfill the mission of God. You know, most of our lives, the time when we are stepping into fulfill the fulfilling the vision of God, fulfilling the call of God in our lives, that's the time we may have to carry our cross. We may have to carry our cross. Matthew 16, 24, word of God says, the well-known scripture, Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. What do we consider as cause in our lives? What do we consider? These three thoughts came in my mind. Cross, first of all, cross refers to a place one denies himself. Cross refers to a place one denies himself. Cross is a place where self dies. Galatians 2.20, word of God says, Paul writes, he says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no more I. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no more I. Christ lives in me. Cross is a place where self dies. Cross is a place where self dies. God brings us from multitude into a solitude because God wants our self to die. God wants our self to die. I put it this way. Self is walking with free hands. Denying self is carrying our cross while walking. Self is walking with free hands. But denying ourselves is carrying our cross while walking. So first of all, cross refers to a place of self-denial. Secondly, cross refers to a place where one is prepared to take the reproach and shame on himself for the sake of Christ. Cross is a place where somebody is prepared to take the reproach and the shame for the sake of Christ Jesus. Even though Jesus was crucified at the cross, cross was a symbol of shame. 
Jesus was already prepared to take the shame on him even before he was crucified at the cross. But you and I today are not prepared to take the reproach upon our lives for the sake of Christ. And that's the reason God is taking us from the multitude into the solitude and he is asking us to carry our own cross so that we may be equipped to take, to handle the reproach and the shame for the sake of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many times we are not prepared to receive evil for good. Many times we are not prepared. I'm not prepared. We can't handle it if somebody is doing evil things in spite of we doing good for them. We are not prepared. You know, many times we consider it as a shame to proclaim Jesus outwardly in public. Many times if, you know, we are asked to share our testimony in public or, you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an office setup or people who are not believers, we find it it's a shame to stand for Christ. God is taking us through the cross. God is asking us to carry the cross so that we may be equipped to handle the reproach and the shame for the sake of Christ. You know, today God is looking for such people and such churches who can stand for God, taking the reproach and shame on ourselves. The third reason, the third cross for you and me, maybe. Cross also refers to the pain and agony we experience in our lives. Cross also refers to the pain that we go through in our lives. Just look at those who are sick throughout their lifetime. Just think about those who are, you know, treated for terminal diseases. The broken relationships. The pain inflicted by children. The emotional and the mental challenges that people are going through, even though physically they are fit. Just watch them. Just look at them. Cross also refers to the pain and the agony that we experience today in our lives. You know, I believe some of us, all of us are going through pain in one way or other. It's not the same cross we carry. It's a different cross. Sometimes even we look at, look at others and think that it's only me. I'm going through such a pain in my life. Look at their life. You know, they are not going through anything. They're all happy. They're all enjoying they are all flourishing. It's only me I am going through it. Sometimes we, we look at our own pain, our own agony. But you know what? We need to remember that they are not carrying our cross. They may be carrying some other cross in their lives. They are going through something in their lives. But God expects us to carry our own cross. The, re the reason why we feel, we feel lonely it's simply because we are carrying our cross in our lives. So first of all, we saw the reason why God brings us from the multitude into the solitude. God wants us to drink in our cup which is prepared for us, which is kept for us. Number two reason, God wants us to take our cross in our lives daily. Then only we can be a disciple to him. That's what the word of God says. That doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. That doesn't mean that God doesn't you know, bring our relationships back. That doesn't mean that you know, God will turn our children back to God. God will strengthen us. God will send angels. He will give you enough strength to go through it. But when you go through it, then we will come out of it. God accuses us 
to handle the situation. Number three reason why God brings us from the solitude, into, from the multitude into the solitude is simply because our vision, your vision is unique. No one can understand it and fulfill it except you. Your vision, your calling is unique. You know, when Jesus came closer to fulfilling God's purpose in his life, he was deprived of people, including his own disciples. Sometimes even people, you know, people deviate us from fulfilling God's vision. Do you know that? When we want to move in a particular direction, there are people, there's a crowd on our way. They try to take us away from the plan of God in our lives. But God is more particular about his purpose, me and I and you fulfilling God's purpose in our lives rather than satisfying somebody else. It was so true for Jesus. When he was about to fulfill this mission on this earth, God took people away from his life and even we see the crowd that was following, they are no more with him. Even not even the disciples were with him. He was just all alone. And that moment was very, very essential for his life because only he can understand his vision and only he can fulfill his vision. Nobody could understand. Even Peter walking with him for three and a half years, he couldn't understand his vision. No matter how much he tried to share his vision, the purpose for which he came to this world, none of the disciples could understand his vision. He was all alone. He was all alone. The reason why God puts us, puts us into that situation, because our vision is unique. Our calling is unique. No one can understand except by you. You know, sometimes we may be comfortable having people around us. But as I said, God is more interested in us fulfilling our visions. Because they are unique. They are unique. Every one of us carry a vision in our hearts. We want to do something for God. And that's the reason God has called us into this. Into this Christian walk with the Lord. Every one of us are having a vision. And that vision is unique. My vision cannot be fulfilled by my son. Look at the word of God. Look at the history. Look at David and Solomon. Look at every, every generation. Somebody's vision can be fulfilled only by him. No one else can understand which, that particular vision. The reason God is working very close in our lives is simply because you have a vision and that is specific, that is unique. Only we can achieve that. We can fulfill it. When God wanted Moses to fulfill the call of God, he took him into the wilderness. And put, he put Moses into the wilderness for 40 long years. Why? Just simply because God wanted to fulfill that particular commission that he has given to Moses. God wanted to fulfill the plan that he had in the life of Moses. If Moses would have been in the palace or if Moses would have been in the midst of the crowd, probably Moses would have got carried away by the crowd. He was brought into the presence of God after being long 40 years in the wilderness. When Noah was working on the God-given project, he was just all alone. He was just all alone. David had to spend years together in the wilderness before he was brought into the throne. You know, God takes us from the multitude into the solitude in order to accomplish his purpose in our lives. 
Exactly that's what Jesus was going through as he was about to take the cross by himself. You know, maybe the situation in our lives may make us to realize that there is no one who can understand why we follow Jesus Christ. There is no one out there to understand what we are saying today. There is no one out, out there realizes what we are going through in our lives. You know, it is a tough walk as we walk with the Lord. We are disciplined by His rod and we are also comforted by His rod. And he's, He says, you need to drink the cup that is in front of you. He wants us to go through it and at the same time He is also sending angels to comfort us. His word comes and strengthens us. People of God prays for us and God delivers us. And as a child of God, is taken through all these tough and narrow and crooked ways as we live on this earth. People don't understand what we are saying, what we go through. And we realize that others are not able to see what we are able to see. You know, we have a foresight. We are able to see things beyond. But the person next to us, they are not able to see. Because it is your vision and it is not his vision or her vision. It is unique to you. No one has any clue when we move with, by faith. We say that we don't have the resource, we don't have anything with me, I don't have anything, but I'm moving by faith. People may call it as crazy, you know, we don't have any, you, you don't have your mind, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how much it takes. What are you saying that you're going, moving forward by faith? And we still say that, I really don't care, I move forward by faith. Nobody may understand because it is your vision. It is your vision. God has brought us at times from the multitude into the solitude in order to fulfill the vision of God in our lives. All that we need to do is we need to allow ourselves to be in the position of solitude. We need to allow ourselves to be in the position of solitudes, solitude. At times God's purpose is more important than convincing people. At times God's purpose in our lives becomes more important than pleasing someone else. At times God's purpose becomes more important you know, than living out for someone else. God calls us into separation in order to fulfill his mission, his plan through our lives. It is not only for pastors, it is not only for evangelists, it is not only for ministers, it is for every believer's. In the New Testament, every believers are the pastors, are the ministers of God. Everyone who would like to follow Christ. It is true for everybody today. Think about Joseph. He was brought into Pharaoh's palace. Not that he liked that place, but he allowed himself to be there. He allowed himself to be there. Think about Ruth, the Moabite. She came back along with Naomi. And what of God says, they both together arrived in Bethlehem. They both arrived together in Bethlehem. Think about Ruth at that, at that age. Leaving all her family, leaving all her traditions from the Moab, coming into Bethlehem. It was tough for her to be alone, leaving her own people. But she saw the purpose of God in her life. She saw David. And even eventually Jesus Christ coming as her descendants. 
she saw that that was her vision no one else can understand that even naomi couldn't understand what she is talking about but this woman of god carried that vision of god in her life and god is calling us today that do not lose heart do not lose focus from that vision that god has put in our lives we need to stay focused whatever no matter what it is god wants us to come out of the place where our vision is not understood and god wants us to move into the place where our vision can be fulfilled where our vision can be fulfilled it doesn't matter matter even if you are standing alone we don't need to be afraid jesus went through it he was just standing all alone the loneliness that we are going through in our lives it's not of the world sometimes you know we get confused it's not of the world it's a godly loneliness that god is taking us through it is from god it is from god it is not because of depression it's not that you are depressed you are going through that loneliness no it is by god it is by god god is dealing with you and god has brought us to a time such as this because he wants to deal with us he took jesus into the garden of gethsemane because he was equipping him in order to fulfill the mission of god for which he was sent and god has a purpose specific purpose in our lives at times he moves us from the multitude into the solitude because his purpose is the most important his purpose in our lives is the most important this morning i believe god is talking to us shall we close our eyes